A small Chicago-area startup went to the FBI for help dealing with Huawei, the giant Chinese multinational that the U.S. government calls a national security threat. The investigation that followed involves trade secrets, potentially illegal shipments, and even a sting operation. And Bloomberg News was there. This is TikTok. I'm David Myers. Joining me today is Bloomberg's Eric Chasker, who wrote about this for this week's Bloomberg Business Week cover story. Thanks for doing this, Eric. Of course, David. Happy to be here. So who is Adam Kahn, and what is it that he invented that lies in the middle of this fascinating story? Adam Kahn is an engineer. He went to the University of Illinois at Chicago, and when he was 19 years old, he became intrigued with the prospect of taking diamond, the world's hardest known natural substance, and applying it to electronics. Diamond, as it turns out, is awfully difficult to work with. And while other substances like silicon form a diamond-like matrix, um, diamond itself is much more challenging. And he set about finding a way to use diamond the same way silicon is used on a chip. And he's still moving in that direction, but along the way, he figured out how to deposit thin layers of artificial diamond onto substrates, which is to say materials, including glass. And thereupon, he hit an idea. What if I used the diamond-coated glass as a display? Mm -hmm. Instead of Gorilla Glass, which is what you'll find in your iPhone, for example, this would be much harder, and it would be much stronger. It would be much more resistant to scratching almost unbreakable, in fact, it, if it worked, it would spell the end of those spider web-like cracks that we've all seen on our smartphone screens. And that's where we get Mirage Diamond Glass, is what he invented. And he, he turned this into something he wanted to sell to phone companies, and that's where Huawei comes into this story. So what did Khan and Huawei, how did they get connected, and, and what did they start doing? Well, from the moment that Khan started to talk publicly about his technology, People took an interest. If he were successful with Mirage Diamond Glass, it would be a game changer. And so, cell phone companies, handset manufacturers, if you like, started to make inquiries. And we're talking about all the major handset manufacturers, Apple, Samsung, HTC, LG, Oppo, and Huawei. And the way this kind of thing goes, when you're a star tech startup in the hardware business and you've got a new technology, you need to send out samples, prototypes, mm -hmm. if you will. And so Huawei got a prototype and they began discussions with Huawei. Huawei began to run tests on the prototype and eventually, in March of 2018, uh, Akon Semiconductor, this little startup, sent Huawei an improved version of Mirage Diamond Glass. And there were some terms associated with that um, agreement, that exchange, if you will. Huawei could test the glass for 60 days, and then it had to return it to Akon Semiconductor. And none of the testing could be destructive. It had to be non-destructive, meaning that there was nothing that Huawei could do under terms of this agreement uh, that would lead to damage of the sample. And there was a third provision. It was outside the letter of intent that the two companies signed, but very much enforced because it's a legal issue. Huawei could not send this sample of Mirage Diamond Glass offshore. Diamond coatings or diamond film are regulated for export because they also have military applications. Mm. Let's just take a step back, Eric, and let's talk about Huawei, because what is their reputation 
in the business community globally? Bad and getting worse. Uh, but I should be careful to qualify that and say bad and getting worse in the West. Huawei does an awful lot of business throughout Asia, in parts of Latin America, and in Africa, selling mobile phones and selling wireless networking equipment for mobile phone networks. However, it hasn't done so well in the United States and in Western Europe and in Canada and the UK and Australia because these are allied nations and they believe that Huawei either has been or might have been using its wireless networks and wireless phones to spy mm -hmm. on people and to spy on what they're doing and potentially to open a secret back door into computing systems. So the U.S. government is afraid that if you and I are walking around with a Huawei phone, they're going to be stealing our information, anyone's information. And passing it along to who knows who. And Could be the Chinese government, and that's why you can't get a Huawei phone in America. And that's why they're classified as a, a national security threat. Well, yes. Uh, the U.S. House Intelligence Committee uh, in 2012 labeled Huawei a national security threat, and more recently that has been taken up by the Trump administration. The Trump administration has made it virtually impossible for Huawei to sell phones or networking equipment in the United States, and the U.S. is putting considerable pressure on other countries to block Huawei from selling any of those phones or that equipment elsewhere. So, Eric, that brings us back to mid-2018, and Khan has shipped them prototypes, uh, and time has gone by and they haven't gotten them back when they were supposed to, but they finally do. What does Khan get back? You've really hit on the issue, and this is where everything begins to explode. Initially, Huawei sent Akon Semiconductor an email showing that the sample they were not supposed to destroy had been badly scratched. And then a few weeks later, in early August, a box showed up at their production facility outside Chicago, and in it was the sample, but the sample was broken, and parts of it, shards, if you like, three shards of the diamond-coated glass were missing. Hmm. And Adam Kahn, the founder and CEO of Akon Semiconductor, and his chief operating officer, this fellow named Carl Sherboff, whom I also met, uh, it didn't take them long to jump to a conclusion, and the conclusion was that Huawei had tried to steal their intellectual property. There's no reason in their minds why anyone would need to do that kind of damage to a sample if what they were really trying to determine was whether the sample was applicable to their smartphones they believed that they were trying to determine something else entirely. How the thing was made, how it was engineered, how the diamond was laid down on top of the glass in such uniformity, those kinds of things, so that they themselves, in theory, could perhaps try to come up with a competing process. And what do they do now? Akon Semiconductor. Well, they evaluated their options, and it just so happened that Carl Sherboff, the chief operating officer whose name I just mentioned, had developed a relationship with the Chicago field office of the FBI. He went down to the FBI for a seminar that it was holding in mid-August, and he approached the special agent conducting the seminar and briefed her on what happened at ACON. And he says that the FBI became very interested very quickly. 
And what did the FBI um, do next? The, you know, they started working with these two. What did the FBI do next, and what did, did this company learn from the FBI? The FBI launched an investigation. The FBI wanted everything. It wanted the sample, the broken sample. It wanted emails. It wanted copies of the letters of intent. It wanted the non-disclosure agreements. It wanted the box in which the sample had come back to Akon Semiconductor from Huawei. Basically, everything it could get its hands on to try and piece together a sense of what Huawei was up to and why. And eventually, uh, a few weeks later, uh, Khan and Sherbaroff were on a conference call with the FBI and with representatives from the Justice Department and a forensic gemologist that is, believe it or not, a title. They have such a guy at the FBI who analyzes <laughs> things like jewelry or or, or glass to determine what kind of, you know, whether it was involved in the committing of a crime. And he determined that Huawei had, in fact, blasted this piece of diamond glass with a military-grade laser. Wow. So, Khan and the COO are now working with the FBI, and, and that takes us now to Las Vegas, because those two and the FBI have come up with a plan to setting up a sting operation at CES in Las Vegas, and you were there. Yes. The FBI, if you will, drafted Khan and Sherboff to be part of its investigation. They agreed to do this. This is not something you can be forced to do at gunpoint. Uh, they allowed the FBI to record a conference call that they held with Huawei, and then, as you say, they became FBI assets in a sting investigation that went down at the Venetian Hotel believe it or not, in the food court <laughs> at a prime burger, and I saw this happen. In that conversation, they challenged Huawei about the broken sample, about the fact that they understood it had been to China, which would be a violation of U.S. export laws. What happened? How did it get broken? Why were the shards of glass missing? What was Huawei really trying to do? These were the questions that they were asking. And as you might imagine, the Huawei representatives were doing their best to dodge them. But they did admit in the course of this conversation that, yes, the sample had been in China. And they kept pressing the Akon executives for more detail about their manufacturing process and operations in a way that these two executives uh, couldn't help but feel was suspicious. And so what does the FBI then do with this, the results of this sting operation? Well, a couple of weeks later, the FBI obtained a search warrant and executed it on Huawei premises in San Diego. That happened on January the 28th, as it turns out, the same day the Justice Department announced two other indictments against Huawei. And it's a live investigation. We aren't sure where it goes next. It's possible that another indictment or an arrest could come out of this. It's possible that they still have more evidence gathering to do. And I should add that it's possible they end up feeling that it isn't big enough to seek charges. Mm -hmm. That's still a possibility, too. And where, where does this story go, then, for Khan and his company? Well, they're hoping to see justice, as it were. They would like to see the U.S. government take action against Huawei for what they believe was a brazen attempt at stealing their trade secrets. Uh, but independently, they plan to pursue litigation. They're going to seek damages from Huawei. And uh, I think it's safe to say that at this point, they will no longer be engaging with Huawei in good or bad faith. And they hope to sign up another company for Mirage Diamond Glass as soon as possible. Eric, why did Khan and his COO and this company, why did they want all of this to become public? Well, part of it is 
a personal desire to inform the American people that Chinese companies, and in this case Huawei, are in their mind doing really bad things. People need to know about this. They need to be aware of it. They need to take their own precautions. But there's a commercial motivation here as well. Mm. On the one hand, Khan wants to show that no, he wasn't in fact, you know, dealing with the Chinese and perhaps, you know, starting a bidding war or trying to start a bidding war with other would-be customers. He wants everybody to see that. And and thirdly, he wants people to know that Huawei had it had had its eyes, you know, had its had a design on his technology because if it was so good that Huawei wanted it, surely others might want it too, but under legal terms. Eric, great reporting. Thanks for joining us today. You bet. Make sure to follow Eric and his reporting on Twitter. He's at Eric Schatzker. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm David Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.